Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today we are joined by... Kimberly Ann Southwick Yay. from Louisiana. Yay. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm from Chicago. And um, I started watching Wait, Buffy. And then... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> and? I thought we were doing instructions, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> we are. So, Jess... Oh. Cool. Hi, I'm Jessica, and I represent Queen. <laughs> um, so Kim is a returning guest slash my best friend, um, and Alex and Jess—it's their first time on the podcast. So the two of you give us your Buffy origin stories. Alex, you first. All right. Um, so I—I I was pretty young when Buffy started airing like I think I was two years old when Buffy started airing oh god that hurts um <laughs> and I was I remember flipping through the channels one day I, I somehow tricked I was I was being babysat I tricked my babysitter into like leaving the room <laughs> and I was flipping through channels one day and I was much too young to be watching anything on tv after 9 p.m and stumbling upon what I later found out was the pilot episode of Buffy and just oh, wow. watching this like but it was the scene where Buffy is like in an alley and it looks like she's about to get jumped by Angel and then she like hangs upside down off of a bar and then kicks him and beats him up. Oh, yes. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, how do I become this person? <laughs> and I really feel like that scene and that episode <laughs> and the series as a whole has just influenced me from childhood on. I love that. <laughs> um, you're one of the few, we've had like, We've actually had, like, a couple of people that have started with the first episode. Because Matthew and I didn't even start with the first episode. Oh, it was pure... And obviously, like, I went back after that. And the first season that I actually remember watching, like, actually watching, was the third one. And then from there, I went back and was like, oh, my God, I remember this. I can't believe I'm seeing this again. Because it was such... I don't know why, but it was such a formative moment just seeing that little bit of an episode that it just stuck with me. I love that. Um... <laughs> Okay, Jess, what's your Buffy origin? Um, well, um, I'm elderly, as you guys know, and I remember... <laughs> elderly. Listen, elderly. me, you, and Kim are all, like, the same age. Okay, first yeah. of all... <laughs> darn it, okay. When I hurt you, I hurt myself. Um, so my Buffy origin story is that I actually started watching with the first episode, because in 1997, I believe that was my first year of high school. It was either, like... Um, the end of like eighth grade, beginning of ninth grade. And I remember it was on the WB and I think it was on Wednesdays. I can't remember if it was Wednesdays or that was Dawson's Creek. Anyway, so um, I was obsessed. I just remember just being like, who is this like kick ass bitch? Like, <laughs> people up, like, smashing the patriarchy. Like, I love Buffy. And I remember just being like so excited about it. Like, Oh my god, I still remember the episode where she, like, loses her virginity to Angel, which is, like, oh. traumatized. And then he was, like, a dick to her, but, like, more on that later. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's pretty basic, but, like, I definitely remember, like, seeing it and just being, like, oh my god. And also, I was always wondering, like, why her clothes never ripped during fights. <laughs> I mean... She it's also never bleeds, but in the end of the season, at the end of season two, she says that, like, her mom washes blood out of her clothes all the time. I've never seen her bleed. But, like, <laughs> does not bleed. Right, yeah, because I remember that being her. a big deal in season seven, like, when the, like, uber yeah. vamp beats her up and she's, like, actually bloody. It's like, oh, my God. But, like, it must be bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I remember. I mean, I remember when I would watch it with my mom, and we would like we would actually discuss. My mom would be like, "Oh, I love that outfit." Well, how could she fight in that outfit, though? And I'd be like, well... <laughs> oh, my God. Suspend your disbelief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've all thought it. Some of Yeah, <laughs> definitely some of the outfits, like, I'm like, why did she change before she went out? Like, that doesn't seem practical. You can't yeah. do a high touch. <laughs> yeah, like on All Stars 2, and they would change their outfits before they had to do the lip sync battle. <laughs> yeah. Like, and honestly, like, forgive me if this is, like, too much, but she stops wearing a bra at one point. I'm like, there is no way you are oh, doing backflips with never no support. <laughs> I don't believe you. I never I noticed think, that I, before. You know what? There's a really there's room for like I think some retroactive like scholarship about whether the like costume designers on Buffy were men or women. Because I think now about how much like we talk about Wonder Woman having a female costume designer versus like Justice League, where all the Amazons are like in bras, like you know, just like. Bit yeah. bare, bare midriff. Mm-hmm. I think there's room for like looking into who did all the all of the costumes. Yeah, so let's get into talking about the reason that we're all gathered here today, yeah. which is um, episode three of season four of Buffy: Harsh Light of Day. Um, disclaimer: Before we start the episode, it is in my top five Buffy episodes, and when I put that on Twitter, people came for me. <laughs> What? <laughs> really? Why? Yeah, I don't think I think it's just like one of those episodes that would never jump out to someone to think yeah. to okay. their top five. But I think that people's top fives are very personal. And like <laughs> I think that this is such a good 45 minutes of television. <laughs> but... I mean it's it's definitely not one of my favorites, but I also agree with you that for Buffy, I feel like there's episodes that you can mm. love just because like I don't know. There can be like something you like. Like I definitely still like it. Like I don't know. Yeah. 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 I think it's like it's definitely a. I mean, I love this episode. I wouldn't put it as top five, but man, but I'm like I haven't watched it in a really long time because I don't watch season four that much. But like, damn, I forgot how good this episode was. Yeah, I get it. I was getting so emotional. I mean, I'm just constantly emotional watching the show. Matthew and I both are always watching it, but Matthew watches it more. I don't want to talk for you, Matthew, so you can say how What do you mean, watches it more what? Like, you watch it, and you don't get, like, emotional about it. Oh, um, yeah. To me, like, watching it now is just, like, a thing that I have to do, like, eating food to survive, and it doesn't, <laughs> like, it's just, like, a bodily function that I have to perform. and i don't like get really emotional watching it but i need to to survive (laughs) Um, okay but yeah um so we start out at the bronze which i actually want to say sidebar i think season four has some of the best bands at the bronze of the entire naked too oh my god yeah i was impressed um (laughs) but this opens with dingoes ate my baby performing true yes And yeah. But the, the band we get later when Buffy and Parker are doing it, that's one of my favorite uh, bronze bands. Wait, isn't it? That was Biff Naked. Yeah, yeah, Biff Naked. They yeah. were like, oh, God, probably only just me and Kim know who that is, right? Oh, yeah, just I have no idea who that is. Oh, no, I wrote I wrote it down because I, I immediately had an enormous attraction and huge crush on the lead singer there. <laughs> so made an immediate note of Biff Naked. Yeah, because she was really, that like, I actually put in my notes that I think that they were maybe one of the biggest at the time. I can't remember if it was a band or just her, but Biff I Naked. I think it was just her. 
Okay, was it? Oh wait, like she was big? Yeah, that Yeah. Yeah, the was cute. She was a real person? Yeah. She was like right, it was like a one hit wonder that like that moment of weakness yeah. song was like The rest of her was terrible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but so we open with Dingo's Ain't My Baby and Devin is looking good, the lead singer of his band. Yes, I agree. His... But those lyrics were problematic. Oh yeah. I think it's an actual band. <laughs> what are the lyrics? Wait, what are the lyrics? <laughs> So something about, like, I want to violate you or something. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I only know because I keep those captions on at so all like, time. So, like, classic late 90s, yeah. like, love yeah. song. Like, Bush or something, yeah. <laughs> and then we have, so, like, the opening is all about kind of, like, Buffy flirting with Parker. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, okay, there's a difference between watching it for the first time, not knowing what's going to happen, and watching it now knowing. Like, Parker is being so fake. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, God. And he's also just totally set up as, like, the next big love interest. Like, he wasn't even introduced in that episode. We met him previously. And he's just, like, it's, it's un- like, and he's just around. And if you don't know what's coming, it's scary and sad. <laughs> but also, I, I, Parker's eyes are gorgeous, and I think he's gorgeous. <laughs> His eyebrows are a lot, though. And this is coming from someone who has a lot of eyebrows. I just, I, I like <laughs> a bushy eyebrow. <laughs> I, like, I like bushy eyebrows, though. Like, I'm a fan. Me too. I love them. But, like, how is he not Xander? He had, like, the same hair, same <laughs> yes. style. Just because he has a jawline. That's such an interesting that you said, like, an interesting, like, Freudian under thing that, like, Buffy rejects Xander and then, like, goes for this Xander-like guy. he does look like Xander. Like, He's like Xander if Xander was actually suave. Yeah, he's like blow up Xander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like both bad wallpaper. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Um, Personality wise, I'm not talking looks there. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I hear you. So I just wanted to point out that Devin, the lead singer of Dingo's Save My Baby, is wearing a shirt that shows off his midriff, which feels very yes. progressive for the '90s or for I guess 2000. No, crop tops used to be a thing though. Yeah, Kurt Cobain, too. I think he oh, wore true. some. Yeah, I guess in a band, it's like. Yeah, like punk bands and yeah. stuff. Right. It, yeah, no. I think it's only under, like, the Bush years where crop tops went away. <laughs> um, also, Oz is wearing. So, this is, like, a weird thing I noticed because I watched these the first half of the season all at once, and then I was watching them individually for the podcast. So, Oz is wearing the red shirt that he's, like, in the credits for that says, like, Dragon Star on it, but. In the previous, in the season premiere, he's wearing that same shirt without the logo, and it's like a weird thing that they do. And Maybe so we he just get, has multiples of the same shirt. Yeah, I mean, I do that. I definitely do. <laughs> um, really? Yeah. He changes his hair enough. He wants to keep some sort of like consistency. <laughs> Are you kidding? I went to like the craft store and bought all their like plain black shirts. I bought like eight <laughs> of them because they were two dollars. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So I am a style get, icon. <laughs> after we get Parker, my style icon. <laughs> after we get Parker and Buffy, we move to um, Harmony. Well, like we where we see Harmony again for the first time since the end of season three. What do you yes. What do you all think of Harmony? I like love to hate her. <laughs> she's just she's such a delight. <laughs> yeah. She really is, right? Like I in like she's the worst, but she's like enjoyable to watch on screen. 
Yeah. She's just, like, she's a mean girl, but she's so clearly just limited in any of her capabilities that it's, like, it's almost like, okay. <laughs> she's like, like, yeah. like a doggy. And like, we need her so hard to take you personally when you're just like that. <laughs> what was that, Jim? I said we need her comic relief, like, especially yeah. in an episode like this. Like, I, I looked forward to her ridiculousness and her... Uh, I don't know how to put it nicely because I think you guys did such a good job already putting it nicely. So. <laughs> well, yeah, she I, goes through a hard time this episode, though. Like, there were definitely a couple of times where I just wanted to, like, protect her. Yeah, right? I know, me too. Um, I do think her intro is a little abrupt. I think it would have been cooler if we, or at least the Scoobies, didn't learn she was a vampire right away. Because um, she gets in the season two of Angel, she gets a whole episode and Cordelia doesn't know that Harmony's a vampire for, like, half of the episode, and it's actually, like, it, I mean, I guess it makes more sense because Cordelia was kind of her best friend in high school. Um, right. But, like, they meet up, and, like, she stays with Cordelia, and then at night she goes in to bite her, but feels bad because Cordelia's her best friend, quote-unquote. Um, and then there's, like, this scene of Cordelia calling Willow, being, like, oh my god, and Harmony came into my room last night, and Willow's like, oh, really? You know, you gotta be careful. And she's like, and then they show Cordelia's reaction to what Willow's saying, and she goes, oh my god, I thought she was just a lesbian. (laughs) 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 And it's, like, so stupid and, like, perfectly Cordelia and Harmony. Um, Like, Cordelia thought Harmony was coming to her room because she was attracted to her, not because she was gonna bite her. And I really liked that reveal. And I feel like something like that would have worked better for, like, a Harmony intro. But this gets the plot going, so. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, I feel like Harmony... I feel like Harmony isn't savvy enough to do that twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's fair. (laughs) (laughs) But I I feel like she deserved better. I kind of liked her confidence there a little bit, too. Like, you know, her, like, oh, and now I'm a vampire and I'm going to kill you. Or I don't remember her exact words, but <laughs> yeah. it's not her character for the rest of the episode, but for her to, like, at least have that confidence to introduce herself in that way, I, mm-hmm. I admire that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I, I love the reintroduction of Harmony, and I think it's really hard to know, like, when you hire, like, okay, Mercedes McNabb is so good as latter-day Harmony that, like, you wouldn't know, like, hiring her to be Cordelia's second, that she would also have the range to do this. Yeah. And that's what I think is really cool. Well, that, like, she can change characters so drastically, but still stay the same. And she's, I think she's really good. No, I, I totally agree. And I think she has really good, like, comic timing in the role. Yeah. Do you think um, that, like, whoever cast her, like, knew that she would have the range to do, like, a more dynamic character right, originally? Right. I always wonder that too, because this show they do that yeah. so often where there's like this minor character that then ends up becoming. It turns out to be, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm always wondering, like, oh, because I know that the guy that plays Jonathan, who wrote Game Changer and Empire and I think won like an Emmy or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Wait, he, what? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> oh my God, he got superstarred. Yeah, really. Yeah, weird. no, he, he also, he was, he's the creator of Empire. Yeah. Oh, you said that, right? Yeah. What? <laughs> Yeah. Like so Lee weird. Daniels is the creator, but Danny Strong writes all the episodes, basically. Yeah. What? <laughs> Jonathan writes Isn't Empire. it crazy that he's such a like a little like I think of him being like the nerdy kid from Buffy and yeah. he's like writing like he 
created Cookie, basically. <laughs> he didn't create Cookie. He's a nerd. <laughs> create. Wrote her. <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. Um, and he, like, I know that he tried out for the part of Xander. And I think, like, mm. Joss or someone really liked him. So they kind of were like, great, you can have this role. Um, so I always wonder, like, maybe that's what happened with, like, someone like Mercedes McNabb. Like, maybe she tried out for Cordelia and they were like, well, you were good, but not as good as Charisma. But, like, we're going to give you this other role because we like you. Because I could see that. Like, I would probably do that. So one of the things we get really early on in the relationship with, like, Spike and Harmony is that, like, there's a really troubling, like, domestic violence undercurrent. Yeah. Or over... Uh, Not even undercurrent, just... Undercurrent. It's an abusive situation. Yeah. It's, like, a pretty bad situation. And, you know, whenever I talk about why I'm not a Spike fan, I always go back to his, like, sexual assault of Buffy. But watching this again, I was like, oh, my God. Like, if if Harmony were were my friend, I'd be like, no one should treat you like that. Like, he's really terrible to her. I mean, he... He straight up tries to kill her in the middle of the episode. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like it's almost underplayed, but it, but holy shit, that it's an abusive relationship. I have, I wrote so many notes of just caps locks and harmony. I can't protect you. Get out of there. (laughs) Wait, do you think that like he knew that was the gem of Amar when he stabbed her? Or do you think that's how he figured out that it was the gem? Like, cause he saw her hand. That's how he figured out. Like, he yeah. wanted to kill her. Yeah. yeah. Spike is such a piece of shit, and, like, he got all this whole, like, redeeming story arc, but, like you said, like, I wrote down in my notes, I was like, yeah, like, he raped Buffy, and then this whole episode, he's a complete asshole, and I was like, even if he's just getting over Drusilla, he was, like, a piece of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Like, he has no redeeming value as a character to me. Sorry, at me. <laughs> no, well, no, I think that what's interesting is that, like, the show is trying to play someone I forget what who it was but like they said that it's under it's like not really ratcheted up to 10 but like the show is trying to play off their relationship as like quirky or funny in the way he like abuses her but I mean and I'm not saying it is but do you all get that feeling that the show wants us to think like oh he's just like ribbing harmony for not being smart and he's so on Drusilla I think so no because I think I think the the last that last shot of Harmony walking around with Buffy and Anya yeah. kind of solidifies like that. Right. Like we're supposed not, to be sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, but I that said, I think that maybe they weren't expecting five people to like talk about it, to like <laughs> to dissect it to the extent that we are. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I think- also like there's the one scene um, where this is my favorite scene, by the way, which. Um, I know we'll talk about that later, maybe. Um, where Harmony's asking Spike these kind of ridiculous questions, like about like, is Antonio Banderas a vampire? <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. And he's just like clearly annoyed by her. But I felt like she was purposely egging him on yes. with like he knew she knew what she was doing there, and I liked that agency on her part. Like she was like just doing this on purpose to grate his nerves so that he would come over and like bang her assumedly okay but can i interject and say that victims of abuse probably possibly as one myself seek out attention from their abusers because any attention is good attention yeah Yeah. i also think that it could be like it doesn't have to be like super simple it could be like an unhealthy relationship but like super abusive but also unhealthy even without the abuse yeah right i think i 
I think Alex, you kind of hit not, the nail on the head. Yeah, like, not think, not to say not to separate. That felt. I feel weird. I feel gross saying that, but no, because I mean, yeah. things can be more than one thing. That that's one of the things I like about the episode is that it's like it really does have some deep stuff about relationships, and I think that the like one of the earliest scenes between Harmony and Spike is like we know that they're not in a good quote unquote relationship at all, but like. It's it wants us to be invested in the way that they like play sexual games with each other. Yeah. And that scene is overlaid on a scene of like Xander and Anya negotiating the first time they're gonna have sex. <laughs> and yeah. it's like showing the way that like Spike and Harmony are playing this like really bad game and Xander and Anya are being very calculating about it and almost like discussing how it's gonna go down, like a play by play. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean honestly the way that Harmony eggs Spike on in these like scenes, it really, to me, it felt like, oh, she does this because like sex is the only way she knows to assert control in this relationship. Yeah, I could buy that. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so can we talk about, <laughs> I don't know, what do we, I'm like, in my notes, I'm like, wait, what is next? Because now we've jumped. <laughs> we sort of, yeah, jumped a little. <laughs> talk more, we can transition from Harmony Spike to Xander Anya. Um, oh my I, God. I love. <laughs> I love I love Anya. Anya is my favorite. Um, and I love <laughs> her negotiating sex with him. I mean, the first scene with her is just her walking in Giles' house, which I do, as I did with Cordelia and Giles, I love scenes with Anya and Giles. Um, yeah. I think they work really well because G- while Giles isn't demeaning her or treating her like Xander does, he still is, like, immediately done with her, like, immediately. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I think he does it in like a a dad kind of way, which like Giles is always doing. Um, and I really appreciate like she walks in and she's like, "You should lock your door," and he's like, "Yes, I'm really thinking I should," and just like totally annoyed. And she brings him outside and she's like, "What is this relationship? Where are we going?" And he's like, "We went to prom." <laughs> and I feel like even though it's supposed to be from the point of view of like an ex demon, like who can't relate to being like, "Wait, I thought we were something. Don't you like me?" And the person being like, "What?" I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, just the super juvenile, like, I just need to have sex with you once and then I'll be over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, Anya. <laughs> um, I also love, so I do love Just a Moment of Weakness, the Biff Naked song, but I don't love the We Are the Lucky One song that plays while Buffy's having sex with Parker. Um, I love is the Lucky One song. I think it is, isn't it? Or is it not? Uh, no, I, no, think I didn't like anything happening in that scene. <laughs> it's uh, naked, gross. if that's the question. Jim, go It ahead. is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that off the top of my head. I have the um, the wiki for this episode up. Even though I did watch it earlier, I promise. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Kim, I know you. You always do your homework. <laughs> True that. Kim is my Hermione. It, it is Biff, Biff naked. We are the lucky ones, yeah. Uh, I just found the music video. Mm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I thought it was her because I thought it sounded like her. Um, but I do love... So, like, the sex happens. Because um, <laughs> I think that's right before Harmony is antagonizing Spike to come over. Um, and is it while... Because Ani and Xander have sex. They, everyone has sex at the same time, right? Well, they showed at the same time. Yeah. 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 Um. I, so I love, I just need to, I'm just going to recite my favorite line, um, because Kim knows this because she read it and helped me, but this was the opening line to my graduate thesis, um, 
I, is Anya's line to Xander. I like you. You're funny, and you're nicely shaped. And frankly, it's ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies and not interlock. Please remove your clothes now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I use that as my opening quote because I love that quote so much. You use and... that in a thesis? Yes. <laughs> well, it was just like our, like, book thesis. Um, but I use that as, it was like a collection of essays about my life, and I use that as a opening quote. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, that makes sense now with some context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I wrote down for that scene that, and it's particularly that comment, that it was very heterosexist. Um, just their right. whole conversation there was, like, yeah. super heterosexist. Hetero and cis-sexist. Oh, totally. And I think, I would, I would, I mean, it was 2000 and, 2000? Maybe 2001? It was 99. Oh, still 99. Yeah. Um, so, like, it could have been just done accidentally, but I would argue that it could be done on purpose because Anya's just getting, like, the hang of being human, and so her knowledge of being human would all be like, oh, I watched this TV show, oh, I, like, read this. I think the idea, though, is that, like, Anya's had a bunch of sex as a demon. You think so? Oh, yeah, I mean, she talks about, like, later in season seven when she's hitting on that guy, and he's like, I wouldn't touch you for all the kittens in Korea, like... She's had a bunch of sex as a demon, so I think that's fine. But um, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I think she's. I think it's more that she's going along the script of like, now we have sex because this is where we are in our relationship, and she's like following a script. But I think she's had a ton of like demon sex. But yeah. and I mean, who knows what? And like, I'm sure that's that is different. involves more parts than human <laughs> part. Um, I also don't think her comment specifically is exclusionary. Like, I think she's just referring to like Xander's interlocking part and her interlocking part. I don't think she's saying like That's fair, yeah. It's, it's considered yeah, sex. It wasn't just necessarily that comment. It was the whole like both of their comments in the scene. It wasn't just that one that I thought was like Oh no, no, no. well, you know what's interesting too? Well, I I think that like this scene is like it makes me think that this episode kind of acts as like a microcosm for the whole show's kind of like really sex negative ethos on sex right like yeah. the show kind of hates sex like the first time buffy has it she's really punished and then yep. like she really has a bad second time out of the gate and then all of the characters are all having fucked up relationships with sex yeah and and this episode kind of like explores all of that yeah it's so sad because buffy clearly Buffy's relationship with sex is that she views sex as, like, very significant and both times was using it to, like, solidify what she saw as a significant relationship and both times it just fucked her over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jess and I were talking about this in our DMs before we <laughs> recorded and I was saying, like, I have trouble with the shows, with well, Buffy's specifically, sometimes prude view on sex, but also, like, you have to take into consideration that, like, her literally her first time created a murderer who murdered yeah. her friends and then tried to kill her and the rest of her friends. And, like, so, like, maybe I'd be, like, crazy prude-ish about sex. Oh, hesitant. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, it's not like every character is yeah. crazy prude. It's a, it actually, I think it's, Buffy kind of stands apart in that way because of it. She has yeah. a very different views on sex than the rest of the cast. There's actually, we didn't. I meant to touch upon this in the opening scene. Willow says to Buffy, oh, you're having wrong and naughty feelings. And Buffy's like, oh, I totally am about Parker. And then Willow backtrack, backtracks and goes, no, actually, you're not. You're free and you're both grownups. There's nothing wrong about this. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I thought that was a really good, like, I was like, oh, good. Like, I didn't remember that. If you had told me 
oh, does anyone say something sex positive in this episode before I rewatch it? I'd have been like, no, no one does. But that's like pretty sex positive being like, no, you're an adult. Like you shouldn't do this. Like, and it's also it's also slyly sex positive. Buffy's our main character here. Like, what time of day did this come on? On what channel? So that's true. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> true. On TV, I think it was on at nine. <laughs> your yes. main character is. Speaking you know. of being on the Buffy wiki, one of the things on the wiki says that um, that Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't think that Buffy would sleep with Parker, and she disagreed with the decision. And that Joss Whedon said, and the quote on the wiki is that Joss Whedon said when you, quote, go to college, you do stupid things. And I also think that even that mentality of calling, like, casual sex a stupid thing is, like, in the... It's, like, it seeps into the way you write it, right? Because there is a world where you could write that, like, maybe Buffy's first time having sex was so heavy that she could have liked having a fun time with someone. I don't know. There's, like, room to not make it, like, everything has to be, like from sex to betrothal, like... I mean, I yeah. think for me, the only thing that I could take as being like, oh, well, the stupid thing Buffy does is she, like... I don't know. Like, maybe it's that, like, she immediately assumes... Ro- I don't know, like... I she, have one. She, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> she buys into Parker's bullshit. Yes. He's to- he manipulates her into... He manipulates her into having sex with him. And it's so Straight obvious. Up. That's okay, you guys, Buffy has had sex one time, and this is her, like, what What year of college is this? First year. Yeah, she's yeah. a freshman. <laughs> she's a freshman. She's had sex once. She's never had a boyfriend. Like, I was super naive when I was that young, too. I feel like we're all, like, kind of viewing her actions because, like, through our adult lens. That's true. That's true. That's fair. Well, yeah. I don't... Yeah, I think... I, think I did dumb like, shit too, and I probably would have fallen for it. <laughs> well, no, I think I that did. it's like I, I was not even criticizing Buffy. I'm thinking about that, like the show was written by adults who put their oh, worldview yeah. of sex okay. in it, and like for Joss to say like, "Oh, you do stupid things," it's like I wouldn't tell an 18 year old girl who had casual sex, "Oh, you did a stupid thing," you know? For sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I well, I was saying that I think what Joss meant was maybe the stupid thing was falling for the bullshit. Um, but that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, it's weird that I think Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think like, it was like, everyone was kind of like, everyone was like being a little uptight. Like, it's like, ah, oh, well, it's okay. Like, it's all, it's okay to like have casual sex. It's also okay to like fall for someone who like is kind of feeding you bullshit. Like, that's okay. That happens. That still happens yeah. to me as an adult. I'm 34. Tell me about it. <laughs> here, here. Kip and Matthew have to hear about it all the time from all, about all my crushes. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too. But even, and that's kind of what I was going before. When you watch this now, like, Parker is such a bullshit artist. And yeah. you can detect it now. But I know when I watched it for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, Parker is being so sweet. <laughs> oh, my God, exactly. Oh God. I will like, hold it for a sec. Sorry, continue. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Um, I was just gonna say I wanted to like cycle back to what you were saying about this view of sex kind of coming from Joss Whedon's perspective. It seems a little sexist to me, and I've heard I don't want to like jump on the like everyone's problematic thing, but like I feel like it was kind of like a very distinctly like male chauvinist kind of paternalistic perspective. Like the Buffy couldn't possibly sniff out his bullshit. That like she would fall for it, and then he would reject her. Like like you guys were saying, like, it could have been a totally positive thing. She could have, like, she could have just, like, hooked up with him and been like, this wasn't that great. But been yeah. like, oh, hey, sorry, Parker. Like, I'm not really into it, but, like, I had fun. Like, whatever, you know? Like, it could have been a positive thing. But I feel like Joss Whedon's perspective was to, like, make it, like, 
a negative experience for her. Like that a woman uh, couldn't possibly have a one night stand and like have fun herself. I, I see where you're coming from. And I think that's super valid. I think that Buffy wouldn't have, I don't see Buffy having casual sex and coming at, at it with a positive experience afterwards. I think that yeah. just from the way that she views sex, I felt like the, her having sex with Parker and feeling like not great about it after he rejected her was like, a valid character choice. Yeah, very Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was. Okay. I don't. I don't think it was that. Like she had sex and then was like, oh, like I just like I just like did this thing with this guy and now he's not into me and I just like ruined the sex. I think it was more just like because she has such like because she puts so much weight in having sex with someone that that just made the rejection so much more harsher. Yeah, yeah. but to her credit, though, he had been like. They had been hanging out significantly before they hooked up. I think it was reasonable for her to think that he wanted something more from her. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. How much time he invested in pursuing her. That's like the thing that didn't make sense to me. It is. Yeah. It is a little weird that like this guy who is a total asshole piece of shit would bother spending a week with her just to have sex with her once. Right. I felt like that's like a pick, like a con artisty thing. Like he just gets off on like. Well, that's the whole thing, and and, and it is almost, to me, like a male perspective, because when you look at it, it's really like, and it's not even male, it's actually just gross, it's like treating Buffy like some conquest, that he's like taking all this time just to have sex with her, like, if it had been a one-night stand, we would have been like, okay, they had fun, it's cool, but like, he was really doing this whole emotional puppy game with her to like, get her into bed, and that's like, actually kind of like, low-key sociopathic, I don't know. Oh, yeah. And then he uses the same line. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I said, and he says, oh, call. Why why even bother saying you're so call at that point? Yeah, it's it's really weird. Yeah, that was when I rewatched this for the podcast. That was the part that I was like, when she, one, it's weird that she wakes up in his room and she, like, I think I would assume, oh, they're in the bathroom or something if I woke up in a dorm and the person wasn't there because I wouldn't think that someone would leave me. No, that's what happened with Angel, remember? Yeah, oh, it was a callback to Angel. Angel. You're right. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm yeah. the bad Buffy fan here. The one who has a podcast. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> fuck me. <Yeah. laughs> on the wiki, that's the only reason I knew. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, this whole scene. I think that's a really good, th- it's like a really interesting, like, parallel. Like, when Angel's gone, he's actually gone. And when Parker's gone, he comes right back. But, like, Parker's still gonna, like, I mean, you kind of know, too. Like, if you just had sex with someone and they were like, oh, my parents are coming in and like, oh, I'll call you. Like, even I would be like, okay, I know I'm getting the brush off. Like, like okay, sis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everyone has sex. And I really liked the scene of Buffy going in her dorm room and seeing Giles there and getting, <laughs> like, kind of embarrassed. Well- and I love her slip sliding over her words until she's like, and you know what? I'm an adult, and it was none of your business. And Giles is just like, great, can we go back to the research? (laughs) There's a little detail that I never noticed before, that when Sarah walks into the room, she's about to, like, change her clothing because she's wearing yesterday's clothes. (laughs) And so she goes to, like, do undo her top, and then she notices Giles is there, (laughs) which I've never noticed before. Awkward. (laughs) But, I mean, Giles is such a good dad. Like, I feel like he's still not... Like, he's like, okay, you went and had sex, or you were with a person. Okay, let's do the thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's how, that literally is how my, my dad is very, like, you don't need to tell me anything. Like, that's how my dad would be about it. Like, all right, great, well, let's not talk about it, but let's do this thing that we need to work on. 
Um, we also didn't talk about Buffy and Parker running into Spike and Harmony at the party. That was amazing. I really oh, liked that scene. And I, loved- I just I was like, can we go to that party? Like, can we be back <laughs> at that age where yes. I can like that, where there's a band playing in a house? Like, like right, Kim, we never went to a cool party like that. I, I never did. I did. Oh, right, you did. You had no, Kim... Matt and Kim played in my basement, Ian. Yeah, Matt and Kim played in Kim's basement when she lived what? in Boston. Wait, Matt wait, and Kim. Stop. Yep. Wait, wait. Let's take a break from this. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> Two videos of it. I will send you them later. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it was yeah. like two years later, and I was like, oh, Kim, I love this band, Matt and Kim. And she was like, they played in my basement in Boston. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, they played in her bait. That's what we were just talking about, Jess. Sorry. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I really wanted to be at that party. That was my, yeah. And I forgot. Well, me too. I forgot. Sorry, you have been to cool parties like that, Kim, because you <laughs> lived in that house in Boston. <laughs> These days are over. Oh, God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, iconic. But, and I love, I, I love the acting in the scene when she sees Harmony and she like laughs to herself and she's like, <laughs> and Harmony, did you lose a bet? Like, I think that's so good. That was so good. <laughs> it's like so such, good. such a good insult. And then I love Spike looking up like Parker up and down and like being shitty to Parker. One, because yeah. it feels good to have someone be shitty to Parker, but also like mm-hmm. it's appropriate that Spike would act that way. Yeah. But what about when Parker and Parker asked Buffy if she was with Spike and Buffy laughed? Oh my god, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh little do you know, girls. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I thought about that. I was like, I wonder if they were like, overdo it because maybe she is a little attracted to Spike. Because like... But like, real talk, who isn't? I mean, right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, not gonna lie. <laughs> um, the <Wait>. next... <laughs> Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, can we like really quickly discuss how at the end of the party when they're all leaving or like when Spike drops the bomb and he jumps over the couch, Harmony tries to jump over it too, but she's wearing that long skirt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that when I I was like, wait, where the hell did Harmony go? And then I was like, oh, she didn't get over that couch. (laughs) (laughs) She's like ridiculously long, like... Like tight skirt. Yeah, bright pink. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Matthew, what were we gonna say? I was All gonna right. say the, the next scene is the scene where um, Spike tries to stake Harmony. Oh yeah, and yeah. I, I think Mercedes McNabb is doing such a good job in that whole. Scene. Oh my gosh, when she almost cries, like and just oh. like she's so good in this scene. Oh it, God, I know. It's funny. The only other thing I've seen her in the horror movie Hatchet. Have any of you ever heard of that? No. no. It was like one of those horror movies that came out that was like a throwback horror movie to like Friday the 13th. Um, and it's about like people in New Orleans and there's kind of like a girls gone wild type of like douchebag guy filming. And she just plays like the girl in the girls gone wild type video and is like topless and then gets her head chopped off. And I was like, oh, Harmony. Oh, <laughs> like, you deserve better than that. <laughs> <laughs> And I think she um, even gets her head chopped off, like, off-screen. It's not even, like, a cool horror movie death. No, it's not even, like, a cool death scene. Yeah. And they, like, She was robbed. Yeah. She was robbed. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Matthew. Mercedes McNabb will always be the OG from Adam's Family Values. That's I was true. about to say, where she plays, like, Harmony Prime. Yeah. Young Harmony. <laughs> yeah. It really could be the same character. 
<laughs> I mean, I love oh. that Adam Family values that whole end scene when Christina Ricci is just delivering her like, and we're gonna scalp you to yeah. fucking Mercedes when that is so good. <laughs> wow! Spoiler alert. <laughs> Are you kidding? For anyone who hasn't seen this like ten year old movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh wait, I, I just want to say all the time of her with like the fire in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say there's one part of this episode that I think is really bad, and it's the voicemail montage where Buffy's checking her answering machine. Oh, so bad. Oh god, I don't even remember that, and I just watched the episode three days ago. I think like it's, it's literally it. just like a scene where there's even like. A, a really bad like the song playing rock, is horrendous a really bad like rock song oh, playing yeah, and it huh? sounds like it's like a song that like was rejected from like the charmed soundtrack yes <laughs> and like last word <laughs> yeah and she's like just going to go check the voicemail over and over and that Wait, that scene though is really bad i want to read what my, I, like, that's one in his trials i literally in my notes in all caps just put God, the song that plays when Buffy is looking for Harmony and checking her voicemail feels like the most dated thing on this show ever. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> I have to go rewatch that scene. I don't remember the song. I it's can't even tell you what the lyrics were. I just hated every moment yes. of it. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think there are lyrics. I think it's like weird music. Um, and also in my notes, right after that, I put, if I'd seen La La Land, I'd make a My Aunt Lives in Paris joke about Harmony never shutting up about Paris. There's like something like she i love that that's her one go-to that she keeps bringing up to spike i mean that's why he stakes her right well it's what yeah it's what gets her staked even yeah. though i will say that the line delivery of her being like and i've never been to france is a little bit over is like cloying and overbearing <laughs> it was really annoying but, but i like, think she just does it to get a reaction out of him because she like craves that attention yeah i also feel like cloying and overbearing is going to be on harmony's tombstone <laughs> 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 I do have to say, guys, in her defense, I know, I think, I know Kim did. I don't know if any of the rest of you did watch all of Angel. No, I haven't. Oh, I, I couldn't. She, in the last season, right, Kim? She's really good in the last season of Angel. Yes. Like, she becomes, like, she's in, like, almost every episode towards the end, and she's really good in it. Like, for me, that's when I started, because I watched all of them when they aired, and, like, I didn't, I thought Harmony was the worst, and then I actually did really like her on Angel as, like, a semi-main character. But anyway. I agree. <laughs> um, I think, so the end fight scene between Buffy and Spike, I think, is one of Buffy and Spike's most iconic fights. Well, yes. it is. Mm-hmm. And do you know what I actually is low-key the truth about this fight? Is that it's the last, like, Buffy-Spike to the death fight of the whole series. Because after this, he gets neutered, and he oh. can't fight. And then they're, like, allies. Oh, yeah. And then after that, they just kind of, like, fight fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's really the last, like, <laughs> fight app where you think that they actually might, like, want to harm each other. All the other ones are either sexy or, like, not, or they're fighting together against other people. Huh. Yeah. I can, yeah. That's true. Can we talk briefly about how there are, like, a million people on the college campus, but then as soon as they're fighting, no one comes. I was, like, waiting for a pause. Like, oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Me. Like, Yo, Spike. Yes. I want to get with you again. And her to be like, uh-uh. But. <laughs> literally, like, too. yes, they were in the middle of the quad, and then when they start fighting, they're, like, in some dark, like, behind the, the dumpster alleyway. It's oh, my God. Just, we don't know the layout of that campus. <laughs> yeah. It's Sunnydale. It's some weird shit going on. <laughs> That's true. There's probably an alley every other, per- like, corner. Um, I mean, 
always getting jumped in them, even when, like, I remember who was giving their origin story, like, Buffy and, like, Angel randomly in the alleyway, like, fighting. You're just like, oh, okay, another alleyway. Yeah, that's like... Like, who's ever seen an alleyway? (laughs) Okay, I have. I think, like, so now that I'm in Jersey and I'm, like, close to Philly, there's, like, there is one bar... And I always feel like I'm in a Buffy episode because there's one bar, there's like one gay bar that is in an uh-huh. alleyway and the only entrance is in an alleyway. And I'm always like, what is this, an episode of Buffy? Because it's like a, co- it's a weird cobblestone road and like a brick alleyway and that's where you get to this one bar. And it really feels like a bu- set on Buffy because like what bar has the entrance in an alleyway that's not the bronze? That seems unsafe. Right. Also, lots of really giant dumpsters for vampires to hide behind and then mysteriously <laughs> pop out from... <laughs> I mean, the town was built specifically as a vampire feeding ground, so who knows how many alleyways they just decided to throw in there for funsies. That also is true. (laughs) True, true. I want to take a minute to talk about, like, overall Xander in this episode, because I actually think that this is an episode where Xander is really good. Oh, yeah. I say that because during the Buffy fight, he actually, like, comes in. I know it's, like, dumb of him to try and fight Spike, but I think he just, like wants to distract him because he knows that he's in whatever, like impervious to damage right now. And I think he tries to distract it, but then also like, it's an interesting like evolution. This episode, like he's dealing with Anya and he and Anya deal with sex in a very mature way. But then like when Buffy's in trouble, he goes right back to like ignoring her and like runs off to just go and like to get this bashed in. But then also at the very end of the episode, um, he like Willow makes that line about how Buffy wants to give the gem of Amara to Angel and Willow goes to Xander and is like, don't make a fuss. Yes. And he actually doesn't say anything. Yeah. And I, I think that he has like some really good high points in this episode. Oh yeah. He was like the only out of the three. I, I, I would argue that the episode is mainly about the three women and their relationship to sex, yeah. but out of the three men that they have sex with, he's the only one who isn't a scumbag. <laughs> He was still kind of scumbag because he fucked Anya and then immediately wants to go help Buffy after, like, brushing her aside. That's fair, but I view it as more, like, immaturity than... Okay, fair. Than, like, maliciousness. I think it's more, to me, like, a sense of duty. Like, he's like, I know I just slept with you, but I've been fighting demons with this girl for, like, four years, and I need to warn her that Spike has the gem of Amara. That's I know, but Anya has feelings too. <laughs> I know. He invites her to a Halloween he, party I the next episode. to her because he knows that Anya's next demon. He can be like, "Listen, Anya, have you heard of the Gem of Amara? Spike has it. Gotta go. Bye." Or like, like yeah, come like, with hey, me. I come kick some ass with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I take it back. I like what I'm with Jess. <laughs> it's weird that he doesn't say "come with me" because she could be useful. But I mean, that's yeah. Xander's like ego. Yeah, because well, like, she can be totally useful because she's also wearing like a long skirt in that scene. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yes, that's true. She would have had to rip it sexily. <laughs> in the script, Anya rips skirt <laughs> sexily. <laughs> so close captions. Yeah, I love Buffy talking to Willow and just being like, so is this what happens? Every guy I have sex with turns evil? It's, like, so on the nose, but also works really well. Like, yeah. I found myself being, like, same, girl, like, same. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't love that her, Anya, and Harmony are all walking within five feet of each other and oh don't my gosh. see each other. I made a note about that, too, because I always loved the And when I was watching it, I was like, they are literally can see each other. Like, they are within 
arm's length of each other. Like, she spent around. half the episode looking for Harmony, and she is a slayer. Okay, but they've been devastated by men that they can't even think about that. I guess, but I feel like Buffy's like that much control over women. Oh my gosh, this is <laughs> truly an, an, this is truly an episode about how stupid it is to be dickmatized. <laughs> Oh my god. When it's 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 kinda nighttime, I think, at the end, so at least like in case like anything happens, they're near each other. I I honestly kind of viewed that scene as more like metaphorical, metaphorical. than as like a yeah. little happening. I so totally that didn't yeah. bother me. Okay, yeah, that's totally a fair assessment. But, okay, like, back to Joss Whedon being sexist. I'm sorry, but, like, writing an episode where, like, literally every, like, the most powerful women there are are completely devastated by, like, men. Like, every one of them, like, Buffy, Anya, like, Harmony, they're all, like, strong women in their own ways, and then they're just, like, reduced to tears by, like, these douchebags. But I I think who hasn't happens in real life too. I know. (laughs) That's the thing is like it's double sided, right? It's like we don't want that to be the case, but then like I have a friend who always refers to me as like the most powerful witch he knows, and then when I complain, (laughs) when I complain about men, he's like, "You're such a powerful witch. Like, why are you letting this happen?" And I'm like, "I know." (laughs) I know it's so true. That's unfair. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I, ask me about my summer with men, like last just this past summer, like Jesus Christ. Destroy all of them. I Except you guys. No, take us too. We're fine. <laughs> the Are we doing talk. a hashtag kill all men? Because I'll help. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. oh my God. I'll, I'll retweet. I'm, I'm garbage too. Take me. <laughs> we, like, we will like, retweet, and stand. <laughs> Allies. Well, because I was also thinking yeah. this like, oh, like, I hate Parker, but like, I don't know, have I probably done that? Like, I probably have, like, led someone on or whatever. Like, I was thinking that while I was watching this episode. I was like, oh, everyone can relate to this. Everyone's had a Parker. And then I was like, ugh, everyone's probably also... No, no, I mean, that's the thing. I've been Parker. Yeah. Yeah, Like, we've all been Parker, too. Yeah. I was really worried all of you were going to be like, ew, no, Ian, no one has. Oh, my (laughs) God, no. Everyone's been a shitty person. Right. He's, like, the extreme version of that shitty person, though, because, like we were saying, all the effort he puts into it, like... Right, yeah. That's a lot of effort yeah. just bang someone and then not talk to them. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to put in I've that. Never done that. Right. I will say this. The difference is that, like, Parker kind of seems, like, sociopathic, whereas, yeah. like, when 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 I've had to be the Parker, not the sociopath part, but just, like, the letting someone down, like, there have been times where I've had to do it and I've always been like, oh, my gosh, I wish this could work. Like, I wish I liked you yeah. more or I wish yeah. this right. was, like, a thing that could happen because I want to like you, but I just don't. You don't That's see that right. with Parker. You just see him out talking to someone else and he's like... What's wrong? Why do you have feelings? You're being stupid. That's, LOL. Yeah, that's true. right. He's been a week pursuing her and brought her a PSL in bed and then just ignored her. Like, <laughs> I like really acceptive. I like that you assumed it was a pumpkin spice latte. Um, excuse me. She said, Michelle Geller, you're damn right. It was a PSL. <laughs> of course. And it's like fall time during this. <laughs> During the season, of like, course, it's a PSL. PS, hashtag PSL Sunnydale. <laughs> <laughs> A, wouldn't you, RT if you agree? Wouldn't they one hundred percent spell Buffy's name wrong on the car on the cup at Starbucks? Yes, yes, B-U-F-F-I-E. for sure. Like or just I'm looking for a Betty. A Betty. Buffy. But Bunny. Bunny. Or like how my how my grandma would say Buffy's name, Buffy. B o o f y. Buffy. 
That's so cute. Yeah, she would say La Boofy or Donia Boofy. Donia Boofy. Oh my God. Changing my display name. <laughs> Honestly, please do, Jess, because it's, that's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, because me and my mom would talk about Buffy so much. My grandma like never even watched it, but she just heard me and my mom talk about it so much. <laughs> oh my god, hey, Buffy. <laughs> um, so our questions that we ask in season four, we're gonna do fire round. <laughs> Everyone, tell us. I'm gonna call on you individually. Your favorite outfit of the episode. Kim, you go first. A combination of Willow's coat in the opening scene oh, and the Biff Naked movie. Front Lady's eye makeup. Great. Oh. Alex? Yeah. Um, unironically, I love Buffy's shirt. Ironically, I love Anya's dress when she and Xander when she goes to negotiate sex with, An- right. with Xander. Jess? Okay, like, I'm going to say Harmy's entrance outfit because it reminded me of, like, a Selena, like, one, I don't know what they're called, like, a onesie. What's that thing called? Like a jumpsuit? Jumpsuit? Yeah, jumpsuit. Okay. And it had this ridiculous tie in the back, so when she, like, runs away, you can, like, see it. It's, like, so funny. I wrote that down. (laughs) Oh, so Edwardian. I loved it. (laughs) And also her pink skirt that she tries to jump over the couch in. (laughs) I'm so glad you pointed that out, because, yeah. Matthew? It was, like, chocolate. My favorite outfit, 100%, um, is Willow's coat in the opening scene. Yeah. Kim, that coat reminded me of you. Like, you you would wear that coat. Yes, I, I want it. Um, my favorite outfit is, I actually really like Buffy's all black number that she wears and is wearing when she comes into her dorm room that has like just a little bit of pink out the bottom and has the backless back to it. Oh yeah. I really mm-hmm. like that outfit because I'm always into all black because of course I am. Um, your favorite scene, Jess. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> um, okay. So like. Favorite scene? Oh, when they find out Giles has a TV. <laughs> I was screaming. He's like, it's public access. And then, like, it was really funny. Uh, there was, like, a quote that, like, made me laugh. Oh, and also when um, Giles says, oh, yes, I read a text. And I know he doesn't mean an SMS text. He means a book. That also made me laugh. <laughs> All right. Kim, your favorite scene? Oh, it was the one where Harmony's asking Spike if she can, like, sire Antonio Banderas. That, that bedroom, like, also, like, that was a big part of my liking that scene. Like, oh, my God, can that be my bedroom? <laughs> True. Oh, that was really good. That's yeah. fair. Alex? Um, the party scene, because it made me realize my true love is the lead singer of Biff Naked. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And Matthew? I like the scenes, the scene, like I said before, where they go back between, like, Xander and Anya and Harmony and Spike having sex and like negotiating it and stuff. Yeah, that's that's my my favorite scene is Xander and Anya's. I love Anya's whole speech. Like I said, it was the opening to my thesis, mm-hmm. and I always think of my professor Susan Cheever, who was like sixty plus, reading that opening quote and being like, "What the fuck is this?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> shit, what's our other question? Question, Matthew, I forget. <laughs> It's usually what would Dawn be doing oh, during what, this episode, but you, it's less pertinent when Buffy's in college having sex with Parker. But so, <laughs> so what we do is we've like made it a, what do you think she'd be doing this season instead of this episode? Because she's not in a lot of the college episodes. Alex, what do you think Dawn would be doing during um, this I season? Think I, I've thought about it long and hard. <laughs> and I think that, like, it sounds like a joke, but I have. <laughs> um I think that Dawn would be, because it's, like, still October, she's still kind of reveling and having the house to herself, but I think in another, like, week or so, she's going to start to really miss Buffy. 
I think that's yeah, I like that. Um, Kim. Um, I was just. I was kind of just changing the plot and imagining, like, Buffy having, like, come home and babysit her or something and it, like, ruining everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's fair. Uh, Matthew? I would imagine Dawn had, like, okay, I would imagine, let's say she found out that Buffy, like, was dealing with this guy, that she'd be really mad at Parker, but she'd also be, I don't know, I just imagine her being really... Like, you think that she'll yell at Buffy because she, did, like, has this weird antagonistic relationship with her. But I think she'd be really into getting revenge on Parker. Hmm. <laughs> All right. I like that answer. Yeah. I mean, once again, I'm going to go with that answer, Matthew. I really liked it. Um, all right. So now we're all going to grade the episode, A to F. Um, Matthew, you go first. I'm gonna, well, like I said, it's in my, yeah. it's in my top five, but I can also, I'm not gonna just give it an A, because I don't think it's an A episode, it happens to be one of my favorites, but I think I'm gonna say A minus. Alright, um, Jim? I'm gonna give it a B plus. I like that they were contractor vampires. That was the only thing I wrote down I didn't say, so I'm saying it. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I don't even realize that. Was, were there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like when they were digging they, they in the lair. They go out and, oh, like, yeah. buy, like, those things, jackhammers. Like, how do they go out and just casually buy a jackhammer? That's true. All right. Jess, what huh. did you do That's the episode? Good. Okay, but really, how did they get the contractors? Anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so, like, I have to say that before we started this, I would have given it a higher grade, but then I started thinking about Joss Whedon being kind of, like, a sexist, and his sexist, heterosexist POV. So I'm going to move it down to B-. minus. Okay. Alex, what do you give it? Um, I'm going to give it an A minus. I think it's a really, I think it's a really interesting view on like three different women's like unhealthy relationships with sex. Okay. I'm going to give it a straight B because I agree with what Alex said. Um, I think I, I was like a little bit, you guys actually pushed me to liking it more, I think. Um, cause I think I had texted you, Matthew, right? To be like, oh, I don't like this episode. Um, but like. So I watched it earlier when I was watching half the season, but watching it today and taking notes, I was like, all right, I appreciate what it's saying. And then you guys just like kind of, yeah, I think I'm going to give it a B. I think like prior to this and me taking notes, I might have given it a C actually, but I think I give it a B. Um, and thank you all for being here. Thanks if, for having us. Yeah. If yeah, you totally. want to follow SlayerFest98 on Twitter, you can follow us at SlayerFestX98. And if you want to follow Matthew on Twitter, you can follow him at Matthew Rodriguez, one T, a G, and a Z. Um, if you want to follow Ian, you can follow him at Ian X Carlos, and make sure to like listen to our podcast on iTunes and review it and all that. And it's then what about our lovely guests? Yeah, Jess, where can they find you? Oh my god, um, my yeah, you can follow me at, at Jurassic Pork with two Ks. And Alex. Um, my Twitter handle is I hate Alex D. <laughs> <laughs> and Kim? I'm Kim and Joe South. Yay. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening and thanks for being on, guys. We'll see you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.